Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military, but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to episode 50 of the Headspace and Timing podcast, a show brought to you by the Change Your POV podcast network. That's right, episode 50. For those of you keeping score at home and listening to the podcast that they've come through, this is no surprise. As a matter of fact, it's probably a bigger surprise to me than it is to you. For a podcast, 50 episodes is a sort of a milestone. The guys who got me into this little adventure, Change Your POV podcast hosts Eddie Lazary and Bennett Tanton, assure me that 50 episodes is sort of the make it or break it point for new shows. If you've made it to 50 and you haven't torn your hair out yet, then you might be onto something. Since I don't have any hair to tear out, I think I might as well keep this ball rolling. Today's episode is going to be a little different than the other shows I've done so far, and different from the other shows that I have coming up. It's going to be a bit of a grab bag, a show talking about what started this all, what the framework is, and sampling some of the shows that we've released so far. Hopefully, this will serve as a sort of guidepost, one of the first shows that you share with someone who's wondering what all this is about. To begin with, why podcasting? Where did all of this start? As you may or may not know, I'm a retired Army non-commissioned officer and a combat veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan. After retirement, I started a second career as a clinical mental health counselor, specifically serving veterans and their spouses. I've been doing this for a couple of years when I started to branch out into advocacy work, and a mentor suggested that I do something that I hadn't done in a very long time, start to write. In February 2016, I wrote my first blog post focused on veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. No fireworks went off, the heavens didn't open, and thousands of followers didn't suddenly appear out of nowhere. No, it was just a short, quick article written on LinkedIn sharing some of my perspectives on veteran mental health and some of the things I talked about with my clients. My goal then, as it is now, was to break down the stigma about veteran mental health and help veterans understand what therapy was and how it could help smooth the transition between the military and post-military life. I did that pretty consistently for about four or five months, then started to work with an old mentor and friend, Command Sergeant Major Retired Dan Elder. Dan and I, along with a bunch of like-minded individuals, were involved in a project many years earlier, a suite of websites that developed into an online community of practice for Army NCOs, a message board and community where we could come together and discuss things that were important to us. This is the old nco.org, squadleader.com, and firstsergeant.com. In 2005, I had the honor of attending a ceremony held at the Sergeant Majors Academy, where Sergeant Major Elder gifted the whole package to the Army, where it became NCONET, part of the Battle Command Knowledge System. I had done a lot of writing and mentoring for that platform, and when it came to figuring out what to do with all these blogs I had, I connected with Dan again, and his company, Top Sarge Business Solutions, helped me set up my own domain, VeteranMentalHealth.com, the Headspace and Timing blog. The website went live in July of 2016, at the same time that I launched a local 501c3 nonprofit, the Colorado Veterans Health and Wellness Agency. This agency, supported by a grant from the National Board of Certified Counselors Foundation, provides outpatient mental health counseling to veterans in and around Colorado Springs, Colorado that are unable to access services through other means. Throughout 2016, as I continued to write, I submitted guest blogs on several platforms. It was on this site that a colleague, Dr. Chris Quarto, approached me as a guest on his podcast, Make a Mental Note. I was a podcast fan long before that. Throughout my travels back and forth across the country, I'd gotten into the Brain Science Podcast, hosted by Dr. Ginger Campbell, a show about neurology and the brain that fascinated and intrigued me. I hadn't considered being a guest on a podcast myself, though. That was only for subject matter experts. Dr. Quarto, however, convinced me that I had something to say. It was a great experience, one that I enjoyed, but I was still just a writer, Till a few months later, another podcaster reached out to me on LinkedIn. Justin Nasiri is the host of Beyond the Uniform, and I'd been following his work for quite a while, too. He had just ran through his own beginning podcast experience and was looking for a second round of guests. It was at that point that I realized that lightning could strike twice in the same place, and there might be something to this podcasting thing. For some time after that, I started reaching out to other shows to be on as a guest. Jay Knight's podcast, Veteranology. 
Jeremy Paris and the Veteran Resource Podcast before he moved over to YouTube and drew down on the audio podcast thing. And Veteran on the Move with Joe Crane. Then I found myself on the Change Your POV Podcast. I'd been listening to the Change Your POV Podcast for a while, enjoying Eddie and Bennett's shenanigans. These were guys who were talking about veteran mental health without even realizing it. Interestingly enough, another connection of mine, Jeff Adamek, had literally been interviewed by Eddie on the same day, just an hour before me. Jeff had been following my blog for a bit, and he was also doing the podcast circuit. Shortly after that, Jeff approached Eddie and Bennett with the pitch of adding another show onto what they were already doing, and to his surprise, they said yes. You know, I gave him a pretty hard time, busted his balls a little bit about jumping on someone's bandwagon. I think I might have called him a co-opting pirate or something like that. A day or two later, Eddie approached me with the same idea. Pretty much had to eat my words with Jeff. Sorry, buddy. When Eddie gave me a shot at doing this, it took me a little bit to decide. Life was busy. I had veteran clients. I was writing a blog twice a week. I had presentations at both state and national conferences and a whole bunch of other stuff. When did I have time for a podcast? What the heck would I say? The problem was the idea wouldn't go away. So I sat down and made a list of 20 mental health providers who I thought would be good guests, kicked it over to Eddie, and he said, let's do this. So the show launched on the 4th of July, 2017. The idea behind the show from the very beginning was to have real conversations about veteran mental health. I wanted to do it in several ways. First, the idea was to share some of the blogs that I'd written in a different format, a spoken word type of thing. That started off pretty quickly before I got a bunch of guests. Here's a quick run through of those shows. Episode two introduced something that I consider a guiding principle in my own life, the audacity principle. The audacity principle is this, more often than not, Bold and decisive action will bring about a result that is favorable to you unless that action is limited by someone else's authority. Episodes 5 and 6 were shows that were based on a two-part blog series that I wrote sharing 16 things that may help veterans and their mental health professionals communicate. This is focused on two prime objectives with this blog and podcast. To help mental health professionals who aren't familiar with veteran mental health understand more about it and to help veterans who aren't sure about therapy learn more about that. As a matter of fact, The second one is the focus of episode 22, giving veterans three reasons to work with a mental health counselor. And the reasons aren't because your life sucks and everyone thinks you're a crazy combat vet. The final two blog episodes, episode 12 and 43, focus on having some serious discussions about serious subjects, warning signs that things are going to slip, and veteran suicide. When we got to the interview episodes, I've had some great guests on the show talking about something we're both passionate about, veteran mental health. When I bring guests, they usually fall into one of three categories. They're a mental health professional who, like me, served in the military or affiliated with the military in some way, or they're a mental health professional who's taken the time to learn more about military culture. The first guest I had on the show to talk about his experience in the military and then mental health is my colleague Mark Scroggins, talking about substance abuse treatment in Episode 7. The one question I think that every every veteran uh, should be posed with is what happened. That opens the door for them to share their process. And it gives me an entry into their process uh, with regards to you were this hard-charging soldier that made it through basic training. You were able to endure. uh, You were adaptable. You were all of the things that you need to be in the civilian environment to be productive, to be uh, anything that you want to be. What happened? Mark and I have known each other for going on about five years, where his work with substance abuse and my work as a program director for homeless veterans overlapped. I often joke that he and I are the same guy working in different places, retired senior NCO, kind of gruff, direct, but doing good work. Episode 11 featured one of my personal mentors, Dr. Greg Frazier, and his work focusing on veterans as an underserved population. Uh, we, We talk, when we start having conversations about mental health, many people retreat from those conversations into what I think for them is a safe place. And that safe place says, let's don't talk about it and it'll go away. And the fact is it won't go away. Uh, PTSD has been around since war has been around and it's just been called by different names, shell shock in World War one World War Two was battle fatigue and and forward, and it wasn't really until 1982 when the uh, Diagnostic Services Manual actually put it in as a, uh, a, a diagnosis. So I, I think that 
that that's the kind of attitude that perpetuates stigma as well. If you're a veteran and you're listening to this, one of the most critical things you can do in your post-military life is find a mentor, and Greg is one of mine. Episode 15 featured a local colleague, Timothy Weinecke. Timothy and I work in different cities in Colorado, but are part of a connected network of mental health professionals who get it when it comes to veterans. You know, when you're in the military at four years, uh, most of us make it to some kind of leadership position, right? Even if it's a squad leader or whatever, but we were respected professionals. We were people who held down millions of dollars equipment. If we weren't perfect, people could die and people often did when even when we were, right? Right. We had a lot of responsibility. And here you are, you're, you know, in your mid-20s somewhere. You're sitting next to a 19-year-old who's now your new peer. And that 19-year-old is probably even better at college than you are, right? They're just coming out of high school. They maybe know how to do a research paper. They're already warmed up, yeah. Right, and you are coming in cold. And it's um, it's a hit. It's a, it's a huge hit on the ego. Here I go from being a respected professional in a field to being the new guy and having to deal with uh, some of the biases that come from people who haven't served, right? Oh, did you just join the military because you couldn't afford college? Oh, wow, what was it like to kill somebody? Right, all right. those wonderful questions we all love so much. Um, that was a huge transition point. I often describe Timothy's work as similar to mine, but different. I work a lot with justice-involved veterans, and Timothy did a lot of work with student veterans when he and I first met. On episode 17, retired Army Major Tony Williams joined me to talk about his transition out of the military and into the mental health field. I've created a uh, coalition, I think, and that's another thing too. I've always learned about coalitions. I'm not about individual, and I've created a coalition called Veterans and Families Outreach Support for Suicide Survivors. So I, I, I want, hopefully that spreads everybody in the area, including yourself, create something similar, where we got it. The people when a veteran complete dies by suicide. Who's taking care of the family? They have to deal with that tragic event. And that's one of the things I want to push to try to create a, a, a support mechanism for families. And most of these families are not even veterans. Most of them are just like you know, non-veterans. And all of a sudden, after the, uh, the person dies by suicide, they're thrust into the, into the military culture and they know nothing about it. So I want to create something that will help them out, which, which is what I have now. It's called VVOS. So that's why I want to also throw out to your listeners uh, to start something like that is because uh, veteran suicide may be a national problem, but it has a local solution, and that local solution is you. Tony is as passionate as I am about the role that community providers play in supporting the VA and providing good veteran mental health. On episode 40, Army spouse Danette Pedersen joined us to talk about her work in researching spirituality and transition in women veterans. You know, over 90% of uh veterans and the research that I have that I have found identify as having a religious faith. Um, and with that, over 90% of those say that they would like that like the opportunity to be able to discuss their spiritual and religious struggles in counseling. So one of the one of the, the huge hugest things that I found though is that oftentimes counselors are either A, um, they're ill-equipped to to help you know help uh, clients work through those struggles are they're unsure of how to deal with those struggles you know they're unsure of um, you know how do how do you incorporate this into session but I think one of the key points is to keep in mind is that when we do biopsycho uh, psychosocial and I often say spiritual assessments is that we can't leave that piece of the person out of treatment because that the spiritual piece is, is a part of who they are. Danette is very much a mentor of mine, and I was connected with her as part of a program through the National Board of Certified Counselors. Any measure of success that I might have had as a mental health professional over the last four years has been very much part of her influence. Episode 41 brought us the only guest we've had on the show twice, Blair Cano. And I think one of the reasons veterans don't see care is they have a misperception of what care would look like. So they have a lot of ideas. One is that I'm going to be medicated uh, constantly and I don't want to be medicated or that I'm going to have to sit and rehash all of my traumatic experiences with a stranger 
and I don't want to do that either. And so a lot of times people aren't seeking help because they don't know what the process looks like and that so many other things can be helped without even, I mean, you could get better without even talking about your trauma at all. So there are so many other things that can happen. And I just, I think there's not a lot of education about the therapy process in general. Blair is a Navy veteran who is also a neuropsychologist. She's my go-to person for brain stuff and also recognizes the importance of community mental health providers supporting each other. Our guest in episode 46 was Louise Sutherland Hoyt. One of the questions that I like to ask is, you know, you were true to the mission. You were true to that. You were loyal. You were a part of the team. You know, where in your from your family of origin, did you learn that? And, you know, generally these attributes that contribute to success in basic training, but we forget and discount them when we, when we talk about the awful things that we experienced in our life, that we forget, you know, where did you learn to survive? What did your parents teach you that held you together that kept your situation from being worse. Demonstrating how small a world it actually is, Louise was introduced to me through Eddie Lazary's series Black Sunday, being referred to the Black Sunday Facebook group by her daughter, who was in Iraq that day. And she's also a colleague of Tony Williams, our guest in one of the earlier episodes, and came highly recommended. And then the last of our mental health providers who also served was Reg McCutcheon in episode 49 we are their best asset because we're the front line for them. We're their front line when they come back. And in truth, you know, we teach these young men and women to go over and be willing to die for anything. But how do we bring them home and teach them to live for everything else? That's my greatest question. And that falls back right on us, you, me, and our families and our communities, to teach them what other relationships are about, that they can trust us and be there. we'll be there for them. And at whatever capacity they plug in, we have to be ready to start, be ready to lift them up and get them engaged rightly, but not with a bottle or alcohol and alcohol and drugs. And that's where we have to be very careful because they'll turn to that or turn to some escape mechanism. Like me, Red served a really long time, but was not a mental health professional when he was in the service. We've also had several mental health providers who hadn't served, but serve veterans now through their work as mental health professionals. In episode 16, we were joined by Dr. Mark Stebnicki. Yeah, and, and so it's not so much the veteran, and uh, it, it's a lot of the environment and the attitude and the stigma towards veterans. So, you know, if we didn't have stigma, if, if more employers, uh, more family members, more of the community were educated about veterans, uh, that you'd have less of that where the vet would feel like damaged goods when they come back. You know, so the, the problem doesn't reside, as I see it, in vets. It, the problem resides in the, the attitude, the stigma that's attached uh, to the vet when they come back. Mark is an accomplished author and educator who is working to bridge the gap between the mental health counselor and the veteran and, graciously enough, agreed to write the foreword for my upcoming book. More on that later, but check out this episode. It's a really good one. In episode 48, I had a conversation with Dr. Ted Bonar. Over the last couple of years, these trainings have gone online, right? Rather than in-person trainings. And it's a webinar or it's a, and some of them are really, really good, right? But is it competent? Is it immersive? Is it, is it, is it culturally appropriate? Can you ask questions? Can you get in there and talking about uh, why somebody drove the way they did in a combat zone and why learning to drive down University Boulevard is hard and that that's not necessarily PTSD. And if it is, we got to know how to treat PTSD. And if it's not, we have to know how to treat it as reintegration, right? That conversation, I am really worried that that conversation is getting lost. Like Mark, Ted never served in the military. He was a drummer in a band, which is pretty cool, but he's become an expert in military cultural competence. After re-listening to the episode, I told Ted that our conversation should be required listening for any mental health provider who has never served in the military but wants to work with veterans. Another accomplished professional who didn't serve but whose father was a submariner is Dr. Heather Kelly from the American Psychological Association, who was a guest on episode 42. 
that's the way unhelpful stereotypes get uh, spread around too. I mean, I know a lot of the VSOs and a lot of the organizations um, here in Washington, one of the big issues is um, to remember that um, so many veterans are thriving and um, that we need to do that delicate dance between supporting and championing, especially in the employment realm. Like, you know, employers don't need to be nervous about hiring veterans. They're civic assets. I mean, um, you know, these are natural leaders. These are people who rose, you know, stuck their hand up in the air to serve. Like that's that kind of person is going to be good to work for you, whatever you do. Um, so to do that dance where we're realizing that as an as a group, these are remarkable people um, and there are some who are struggling at any given point in time that can shift over time within each person. But also, you know, we certainly are here not only to help alleviate suffering among that group, but also to help people. Um, and I always say just reclaim or sometimes claim for the first time, you know, some of these people join up when they're really young and, and come from some tough circumstances that it's not just getting rid of suffering. It's really helping people claim lives of purpose and lives of joy and The APA's Division for Military Psychology is a significant advocacy voice, both for psychologists and for veteran mental health. Her episode also falls into the category of one that has more of a national focus, as do the next two episodes. On episode 8, I was fortunate enough to be able to talk to Dr. Anthony Hassan from the Cohen Veterans Network. Absolutely. I mean, the pain and suffering that the crisis brings, you know, if we can only get upstream on this stuff. And, you know, that's partly why we're focusing on post 9-11 veterans, right? We want to get upstream on this problem. We want it to be less of a chronic condition. We want it to be uh, where we get involved before you lose your family, before you lose your job. Um, And we're doing everything we can to help get upstream. It's not that we're ignoring the other era of veterans. Uh, We'll see them as they they need to be seen. But we really have to put an effort, a strong effort in helping those that have served in these recent wars so that they don't have a lifelong uh, experience of suffering, uh, a lifelong experience of isolation. One of my earliest guests, Anthony is the CEO of a program that is emerging to become one of the examples of how non-VA mental health providers can collaborate with the VA to support veterans. I was also extremely grateful to have been able to interview Dr. Alicia Caraquiri from the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine in episode 45. We heard things such as, oh, yeah, you know, I have problems sleeping, and sometimes I don't want to get out of bed, and, yeah, sometimes I drink too much, but, oh, that's just nothing. It'll, it'll, it'll pass. Um, if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling depressed, if you cannot sleep, if you have nightmares, um, if you feel uncomfortable in crowded places, uh, please go and seek at least an opinion, uh, because those are all symptoms of a potential mental health issue. And, you know, we heard from some veterans that they don't seek care because they don't think uh, mental health care works. It does work. (laughs) And so so I hope that that after hearing this, uh, more veterans will, um, you know, will take action and at least... uh, see whether they might uh, benefit from some mental health care. In January of 2018, the National Academies released the results of a congressionally mandated study of the VA mental health care system. As chair of the commission put together to conduct the study, Alicia and I had a great conversation about some of the key findings and how they impact the future of veteran mental health. Beyond the discussions I've been having with mental health professionals, I've also had some great conversations with veterans who have experienced their own journeys regarding veteran mental health. Episode 4 was the first show where I had another host of the Change Your POV podcast network join me, my buddy Jeff Adamek. All these things together are are things that affect where this is going as a soft as a soft soldier with PTSD. Forget the stuff that's going to be you know almost directly responsible for it, but all these secondary factors that that lead you down a road of why am I not willing to ask for help? Because I've got too much stuff I'm responsible for to stop and maybe I'll lose my job or maybe I won't be able to do this anymore. And I love doing this. This is my life. This is everything about me. So, I mean, there's, there's all kind. that's, this is all just stuff that's building up to where the, where it comes from that guys don't want to ask for help when they know they've got a problem. As a medically retired Special Forces Weapons Sergeant, Jeff's acknowledgement of and support for veteran mental health is both obvious and appreciated. 
In episode 9, you had the pleasure, or horror, of hearing two old army buddies get together when me and one of my section sergeants, Brian Alexander, talk about another blog that I wrote, which he was sort of responsible for. From Iraq 2003, where we were putting sandbags in the floorboards. We are moving and changing. And that's across the fighting forces. And uh, I hope, like you said early on, the stigma begins to be removed and people come online. And if they need help, they get it first. Because I used to tell my guys, head to toe, in and out. That's 360 soldier concept. We cannot move you forward if you're not as good on the inside as you are on the outside or vice versa, you know? So, um, you know, the army is, is going to slow down. The Marines are going to slow down, uh, Navy, Coast Guard, uh, Air Force. It's not going to slow down. Brian and I served together in RC East Afghanistan in 2009, 2010, and he still serves at Fort Bragg today. On episode 14, I have my own personal medic on the show, Nicole Johnson. Nicole was on the Las Vegas Strip when the Mandalay Bay shooting occurred. I, I have the, I don't know if it's fortune or misfortune, of, of knowing both sides of, um, you know, this particular coin. I, I know, you know, I'm not an SME by any means, but I, I know, you know, cavitation and, you know, how the effects of different rounds impact the body and things like that. And I also know the medical side of, the exact same thing. Okay, cavitation, this round's bouncing around. It's going to go through. It's just going to shatter into a million pieces and just rip shit to shreds. Um, you know, that's knowing those things help me do my job better. Uh, but yeah, I, I did find myself definitely, you know, going through these things in my head. And even as I was saying, man, I wish I had my gun. I don't have my gun. I have a nine millimeter that I carry with me. And, you know, this was, this guy was probably several hundred yards away. There wasn't anything I could do, but it was just that that thought process of, okay, get to the threat, uh, you know, eliminate the threat, fire superiority, um, you know, just all these things are going through my head, and I, I couldn't do it, freaking one of them. Um, I'm standing there with a tourniquet in my hand looking like an idiot going, uh, what do I do? Uh, it's just, you know, <laughs> readiness is, is only a, a part of it. Nicole and I never served together, but she's adopted me as one of her troops and makes sure that I change my socks and drink water on a regular basis. I haven't had very many episodes with more than one guest, but one that I really enjoyed was episode 23 with North Carolina National Guard combat veterans Stan Lake and Daniel Charles. I firmly believe that the veterans are some of the greatest people in our country, and we keep getting painted with this negative brush because of mental health issues that honestly most people you know, have very little understanding of. Stan and Daniel are the creators of a great documentary, Hammer Down, showing the lighter side of military deployments and the heavier side of coming home. One of the most enjoyable parts of doing this podcast is when listeners, that means you, reach out and let me know that they enjoy the blogs and podcast. This happened when a friend of the show, Rhiannon Gazillion, reached out and had a conversation on episode 47. I would really attribute um, my being alive today to having an excellent counselor in the mindset that you get in sometimes with depression, you're not thinking rationally. Um, so my family who loved me, I didn't believe that they could possibly love me. My husband, who is super caring, um, I thought that I didn't deserve him. So when I'm in that low place, um, it really took an outside person who is this trusted mental health professional that I had to bring my attention to the, um, to the, uh, really the falsehoods that I was buying into, the things that I was believing that were untrue. Um, so even if you have a lovely and supportive family like I do, um, for me, in the mindset that my depression gets me in, I can't believe them. Um, so I think that I really credit her with saving my life. Along with her appreciation for veteran mental health, Rhiannon has been an advocate for veterans talking about their own experiences in order to reduce the stigma against seeking support. Another series of episodes I release focus on individuals or programs that are working to highlight or support veteran mental health. My very first guest on the show happened to be an international guest, British author Matthew Green in episode three. For people who are really struggling and are really at the bottom of the spiral as I came to see it, you know, it can be very 
difficult to believe actually that, that there's a way out um, and, and people can get obviously can spend a long time in a very very dark and dangerous place um, I suppose the reason why I said that is that I did meet a lot of veterans uh, during my travels all over Britain tried to take their own lives and really failed but by, by, by luck or by fate um, but they had as, as, as years had gone by and as they had eventually found the right support they had managed to to not only recover, but really, in a sense, live life, um, get in touch with, I, I think, what, what they would perhaps describe as a deeper dimension of the, themselves through that, that journey. Um, a lot of the veterans I spoke to, their injuries, psychological injuries, went back to the 70s or 80s, perhaps, and it had taken them 20 or 30 years to make that journey. Um, and I suppose my goal when writing a book was to sort of distill some of what they'd learned along the way and share it for perhaps veterans from Iraq or Afghanistan who were just at the start of that um, trajectory. Matthew and I had a conversation about the similarities between what he's seen with British veterans and what I see with U.S. vets. Episode 10 brought us a conversation with Doc Todd, a Greenside corpsman who served in Afghanistan and is now raising awareness about veteran mental health through his music. There's a song on the record about that called I Disappear. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges for me coming back from Afghanistan is this idea that, you know, feeling like the most important and most relevant days in my life professionally are behind me. And, you know, that's a hell of a... Now I was a little bit older. You know, I was 27-ish, 28-ish, I guess, maybe. You know, to be... And there's a lot of guys that are 23. Yeah. That are wrestling with that question. Like, am I ever... Like, they want to get out and they want to go get their education and they want to do something different. They want to move forward in their life. And they're sitting here in their early 20s asking themselves if they're ever going to do anything that has as much value as what they just got done doing. That's a, that's a really terrible question to be asking yourself in your early twenties. If I'm ever going to do anything that's going to measure up to what I've already done. And I mean, that's a real emotion. People go through that emotion. Like, so that's something that we need to articulate. That's something that we need to talk about. Like, you know, especially if your values point you to a place where you say, Hey, we put this on, you know, the highest level of respect and esteem to fight for your country. But yes, you know, the way you look at it, maybe what you do moving forward is not as important to that from a day-in and day-out perspective, but you being a great father, you being a great man, you being a great husband, you being a productive member of society, you inspiring and leading other people, those things are as important as fighting the Taliban. Those things are arguably like more important than fighting the Taliban. Like I say on the episode, I'm much more of a rock and roll guy than a hip-hop guy, but he's got some really good stuff and graciously has given us permission to use one of his songs as the outro to our show. Episode 13 featured an organization called Veterans Path that currently conducts mindfulness retreats in several different states. I guess I've seen you know vets that have done two years in the military and 26 years in the military, and we all come out with these same kinds of you know, sort of mental views of, of, you know, how things are supposed to be as opposed to what might be best for us or how we might be different, what adjustments we, we might need to make. And, um, you know, one of the things that I would, I would say is there's so much ritual around going into the military from the moment you raise your hand at MEPS to boot camp to promotions and mm-hmm. all of, mm-hmm. you know, receiving awards and medals and commendations. And then when we get out of the military, we get handed a piece of paper. There is no ritual for becoming a civilian. And so, you know, we think of them as, um, you know, dirty scrubs, yet we forget we're one of them. We are now, uh, uh, we live among them and we, we are one ourselves. And so, um, you know, one of the things that we strive for as an organization is really helping veterans to have some ritual around um, becoming a, a civilian and entering into a whole new era in their lives and, and, receiving that with the same kind of, um, you know, power and um, transition as they did anything else in the military. James Pond, a former Marine, is the executive director of Veterans Path, and he lets us know that there's nothing wrong and everything right with veterans learning to meditate. Episode 18, featuring the Theater of War Project, remains one of my favorite episodes so far. So after an early performance, the theater of war, this general stood up. I have, there's a question I ask all audiences. Um, why do you think Sophocles wrote this play and staged it for his community? And she said, I think Sophocles wrote the play 
the plays because he might have been in the minority with regard to the compassion he felt for the individuals in his community who were struggling with the issues he portrayed in his plays. I think Sophocles wrote the plays, the general said, to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And what's remarkable to me about that insight, hundreds of performances later, is that a play can do, a story can do both those things, both those things. Those are interrelated things. That an audience of people who've experienced the extremities of these, of these you know, challenges can feel validated, connected, and can feel joy and even camaraderie in knowing they're not the only people on the planet or even in the room to have experienced these totally isolating things. Brian Dorries, the creator of the project, does an excellent job of bringing the topic of veteran mental health to light. If Sophocles was talking about veteran mental health 2,500 years ago, how is it that we still haven't been able to talk about it openly to this day? On episode 24, another friend of the blog and podcast, Jane Strong, joins me to talk about her program, The Equus Effect. We'll get a big aha out of any veteran who comes here who experiences the work, and we teach them about how horses see the world, and we build this resonance. We teach them to connect we teach them about communication and about collaboration. They can have a big moment or two or an hour and a half of that. But then really you kind of need the talking and the processing to unwind all of what came up with us and also to move forward from there because once people feel empowered, once a veteran feels empowered with the language skills and with the access to this emotional information then and with their own you know using their body in a different way to settle down or to or to bring the energy up if necessary to get a horse to do what you want um you know we those all those things need to take a lot of processing to make sense out of jane and i had a great conversation about why interacting with horses seems to be so effective in supporting therapy on episode 39, another of my fellow Change Your POV hosts, Bennett Tanton, joins me to talk about a critical aspect of veteran mental health, peer support. So what I what I implore veterans to do is find a, and I, I guess you could call them a mentor, or somebody that's walked the path, right? Whether it's within an organization, uh, don't think that you can do this alone, because your transition will be hard. Whether or not you're by yourself or with with others of like mind and skills and everything else, I implore people to at least stay in contact with something that has to do with like that's veteran specific, right? Whether it's Wounded Warrior Project or even like the Legion or uh, you know, student. If you want to go to school, become a member of the Student Veterans of America chapter on your campus right. right the student veterans club like you need to remain active with people that you have been with for the last four to 20 years bennett is many many things but one of the primary things he does is provide peer support to veterans he's a fierce advocate of more transparency and veteran mental health as many longtime listeners of the change your pov podcast network know Another really great episode that I enjoy is my conversation with Stacy Pearsall in episode 44. All that I experienced, I had to end the way that I did because I needed to be able to go through those emotions and go through that pain and allow myself to better understand, to better understand the pain of others so that I could offer solace and really mean it. Like Brian Dorries, Stacy's contribution to veteran mental health is more artistic than it is psychological, although it's that too. Her program, The Veterans Portrait Project, has some of the most moving pictures of veterans, and I highly recommend checking it out. We threw in a couple of different things in these 50 episodes as well. Back in November, some of the other hosts of the Change Your POV podcast network participated in the Month of the Military Podcaster, which we brought on hosts from other podcasts to talk about their show, our show, and mutual interests. One of the things that got me interested in doing a podcast was that many other podcasts talked about veteran mental health, but really didn't talk about it directly. It was always there, you know, kind of in the background, unacknowledged. These shows were an opportunity for me to bring it out in the open where I believe it should be. 
In episode 19, I was joined by Jay Knight of the Veteranology Podcast. Jay's podcast was one that I'd listened to early on, and he had some really great insight. I think the overarching theme is um, be open. Uh, you know, outdoorsmanship, art, helping people. Um, there's countless ways to help yourself. There's countless people to reach out to. I mean, I go to a therapist right now. And, you know, after the, the first uh, meeting, she said, you know, I'm, I'm not qualified to kind of go through the, uh, you know, this whole military stuff. I was like, look, it may come up because it's a part of me, but I want you to know that I'm coming to you because I want to talk to another human about my humanity. <laughs> I don't want to talk about my veteran stuff because I'm a veteran. And... Um, you know, she said, oh, okay, no, oh, great. And so far, I mean, I, I've, I've really enjoyed the progress I've made with her, but, um, you know, you don't, you know, whatever it is that you need, go look for it, create it and, and, and make it happen because, uh, you know, if, if you're in trouble, hopefully there's somebody who's going to catch you before things get too bad. But that's not always the case, as I've found. And um, if you want to have a successful life, if you want to wake up every day ready to go, you need to be okay with who you are. And you need to um, you know, appreciate the things that you've gone through, the lens of uh, appreciation, but not one of identity. Don't look at yourself as, I need to get up because I'm Sergeant Knight. It's like, no, I'm going to get up because I'm Jay, and I've been through a lot, and I'm going to keep going through a lot because I'm going to get to the end of the road that I want to travel. Jay is someone who doesn't really buy into the veteran mental health stereotype. His vocal support for being open about our experiences is a great example to the rest of us. In episode 20, one of the guys who can be said to be responsible for getting me started joins us on the show. As I mentioned before, Justin Nasiri from the Beyond the Uniform podcast was the second host who reached out to me and made me realize that there's something to this podcasting thing. I think that when it comes to mental health, like to, to view that through the lens of contribution, that if you are not addressing these things, if you're not being open and honest with others, you're, you're cheating others who could be helped through that. Justin's show is all about veterans being as successful out of the military as they were in the military, and part of that is certainly a focus on getting their headspace and timing set correctly. In episode 21, I was joined by a pretty special guest, to me anyway. As I started to get into this podcasting thing, I looked around for other shows that focused on veteran mental health specifically. I could only find one, and wouldn't you know it, we had a personal connection. On a drive from Colorado Springs to Denver, I started listening to Life Giver podcast, and the host, Corey Weathers, was talking about her experience as a military spouse in Colorado Springs during a particularly difficult deployment. My favorite definition of trust is do the right thing for the right reason for a really long time. And I think as clients going in, we tend to give clinicians, you know, one session. And, and that's the part that I'm trying to educate mental health professionals on that you sometimes have five minutes to establish rapport with veterans and first responders. They need to know that you're a real person, that you can handle them and that, um, and that you're not going to be talking about yourself. Corey, like me, is a licensed professional counselor, but not a veteran. Her husband serves. Corey's husband, Matt, was one of three chaplains that I consider my personal spiritual support during a difficult deployment when he and I served together in RC East Afghanistan her perspective on the mental health and wellness of veterans, as well as their families and first responders, is one that is much appreciated. And finally, there's the Veteran Mental Health Boot Camp series. Halfway through this little adventure, I thought it would be a good idea to release a 13-part series based on a conceptualization around veteran mental health that I developed. Over two weeks at Christmas time at the end of 2017, I was joined by a wide range of guests to talk about all aspects of veteran mental health, more than just PTSD and TBI that everyone's familiar with. On episode 26, I was joined by Marine Corps veteran David Smith, who has a great personal story about internal stigma against seeking support and how he overcame it to find peace and joy in his post-military life. On episode 27, I'm joined by another local colleague, Aaron Fowler, to talk about some of the external barriers that veterans experience. 
With episode 28, Drs. Marissa Brandt and Mary Catherine McDonald join me to discuss post-traumatic stress disorder, what it is, what it isn't, and where it came from. On episode 29, Dr. Blair Cano, who also came on the show as a guest on episode 41, talked about her specialty, traumatic brain injury. Episode 30 brought another personal mentor of mine, Dr. Stephen Kidd, to talk about substance abuse and veteran mental health. Dr. Kidd works with Mark Scroggins, our guest back in episode 7, and has been running a substance abuse treatment clinic for the VA for nearly 20 years. With episode 31, we talked about the different emotional challenges that veterans can experience after the military with another local colleague, Dr. Katie Bars. Katie is a clinical director for the Sturm Center, a program in Denver that provides mental health counseling for veterans and their families. On episode 32, Dr. Aaron James Smith joins me to talk about something both he and I are passionate about, the need for veterans to find purpose and meaning after our military service ends. As a former Marine himself, he, like me, recognizes the benefit of having lived experience and clinical training in supporting our brothers and sisters. For episode 33, I was able to get in contact with one of the country's leading experts on the assessment of moral injury, Dr. Joseph Currier with the University of Alabama. Dr. Currier and I have a great conversation about the development and impact of moral injury in both service members and veterans. On episode 34, I really looked all over for a subject matter expert on the challenges veterans had in meeting their needs after the military service, and I found Eddie Lazary, one of the co-founders of the Change Your POV podcast network. Eddie is not a mental health professional, but has very much made it his goal to help veterans understand their needs and learn how to meet old needs in new ways after leaving the service. This is an area which is not widely observed or discussed in the mental health community, but both Eddie and I agree that it's an area that veterans need to understand. In episode 35, another mental health counselor and combat veteran, Josh Kramire, joins me to talk about the impact of the family on veteran mental health and the impact of veteran mental health on the family. One aspect of comprehensive veteran mental health that's not in my conceptualization, but sort of like the elephant in the room, is medications. In episode 36, I'm joined by my literal real-life boss, Dr. Chuck Weber, the former chief of behavioral health at both Fort Benning and Fort Carson. We talk about the way that medications can support and enhance veteran mental health, not replace it. And finally, we get to end the series on episode 37 with my buddy Bennett Tanton, where we wrap it all up. So there you have it, folks, a ride through the first 50 episodes of the Headspace and Timing podcast. This has been a great experience and will continue to be a great experience. I'd love to hear from you as to which was your favorite episode or any subjects you'd like me to cover. Drop me a line at Dwayne at VeteranMentalHealth.com and let's talk. Make sure you spell it the right way, D-U-A-N-E. And as I mentioned before, I'm not slowing down anytime soon. In upcoming episodes, I have guests coming on to talk about the Kennedy Forum, Psych Armor, the Travis Mannion Foundation, and the Warrior Wellness Alliance from the Bush Institute. I have a couple more veteran mental health providers as well, one of which served with me in Afghanistan and talks about veteran mental health in a combat zone. I gave you a teaser earlier about an upcoming book. For the past two years, I've collected a set of blog posts in an easy-to-read format. I've put it out in an ebook, Headspace and Timing, which can be found on Kindle. But shortly after the release of this episode, I'll be publishing my second book, Combat Vet Don't Mean Crazy, in both an ebook and paperback. Keep a lookout for an announcement about that in the near future. You can find the show notes for this episode and all the episodes by going to VeteranMentalHealth.com or ChangeYourPOV.com. Sign up for updates on either or both so you don't miss another episode. While you're at it, check out the other great shows on the Change Your POV podcast network, Changing Hearts and Minds with my buddy Special Forces Weapons Sergeant Jeff Adamek, the show about outdoor adventures that we veterans love, Neophyte in the Woods with Andrew McDowell, and of course our flagship show hosted by Eddie Lazary and Bennett Tanton. If you're looking for the total package for all the information you need to live the life you want to lead after leaving the military, you found it in the Change Your POV podcast network. I want to thank Doc Todd once again for his permission to use his track, Not Alone, from his amazing album, Combat Medicine. Doc Todd is someone who's trying to bring veteran mental health out of the darkness and into the light, and you can get the album by going to therealdoctod.com. Check it out, because remember, veterans, you're not alone, ever. The struggle is real, found a piece and lost a soul Eventually my drinking, it got out of control There in darkness I roam, struggling to find home See suddenly death didn't feel so alone 22 a day, destination unknown It could have been avoided if you picked up the phone But now you're gone, so I guess all we get is the
eyes. Take those bottles out, dog, and pour them in the sink. Take the needles out your arm and the gun away from your forehead. It's time, man, you've been through enough pain. Stand up. It's time to stand back up. All my veterans, man, Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard. Get up, you know. Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes.